Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Hello to our Radio Bamdad listeners. Uh, I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, two of my colleagues and friends from Tavana organization. We are happy we get together on Saturdays and Sundays, and we have our program for Radio Bamdad from uh, 12 to 1 o'clock every uh, weekend. And today we are going to talk about dreams what dreams bring to our mind, what effects they have the next day when we wake up or at the middle of the night, and how do we feel about dreams? And we know that in psychology, there are psychoanalysts, there are psychotherapists that they're big in dreams, uh, like Freud, like Jung, and other psychoanalysts, and how they actually interpret the dreams. Some people are more into taking the dreams more seriously because they believe our day-to-day life is somehow saved in our brain. And then it comes back to us at the middle of the night when we are asleep. And some uh, interpret dreams differently. So our today's conversation is about dream and how it affects our life and our interpretation personally and from a psychological point of view. So I want to thank our colleagues for this conversation, and I'm going to give the mic to Dr. Alexandradi. I was thinking about this because I've, I've been talking to more and more people who say that they don't dream. And as somebody who does dream, I find it so fascinating, interesting, and engaging. Um, there's times where even I'll have a dream about somebody and I'll like call them or text them like, Hey, I had a dream that you did this thing or that we did this thing together. Um, and so, yeah, when people, uh, uh don't dream, I'm just like, Oh man, I, I kind of feel like maybe you're missing out. Um, yeah, I guess maybe just starting with that question, you know, do you guys, do you guys both dream too? Or, um, you know, do you, and do you think that, you know, dreams mean something or again, I know as psychologists, we, we probably just, it's assumed that we think dreams mean something, but, uh, uh, I mean, we can have our own opinions too. Like, does it maybe not mean as much, you know, is it just, you know, something that these older psychologists, you know, in our field said are really important. Uh, what do you guys take on it as well? I think that it's pretty important. I, I don't believe that. I think when people say they don't dream, I think what is happening is they don't remember their dreams. Uh, I believe wholeheartedly that everybody, it's a function of mind. I think it's a function of the conscious and unconscious mind, the psyche put together. So I think that it's the case that everybody dreams. I don't think we always remember all of our dreams. I do agree that they are pictures from deep inside. I tell my clients that they're snapshots of what's inside. And a lot of my clients have post-traumatic stress very frequently. The, you know, the four symptom clusters in PTSD, one of those is re-experiencing. They, they re-experience the trauma. And a lot of that shows up in various ways in their dream life. Very frequent that in their dreams, people with PTSD, they're being chased or somebody's trying to get in their house or break in their house, things like that. And, and I think that is, it's very important stuff. So I work with a lot of my clients around their dreams, their nightmares. And how do we, how do you work with that? How do you deal with those sorts of, and it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. It's interesting. And as you guys were talking, I was just going into the cycle that we go through when we 
are falling asleep from the different waves of, uh, you know, the alpha wave, the delta wave, and then it's during the REM, which is a rapid eye movement, that that's that's where when we dream the dream happens and there's some people they don't have REM part of the uh you know this dream cycle the cycle of sleep so I wonder if non-dream would that be the reason that they think they don't dream or they don't remember their dream I don't know but I guess it's something that it's fascinating. It always fascinates me when I think of dream and how freely we fly during that time and we go to places and we see different people, we, we talk differently. And then when we wake up, we remember pieces of that dream, but sometimes it's vivid, sometimes it's, it's not. And uh, specifically what I remember was when my um, parents during the time they pass uh, I remember I have even vivid dreams from the time that I was dreaming about them and just comparing what was going on inside uh, and and why I was having these dreams uh, regularly after their passing was just because um uh, you know, I was very, very sad uh, because of, uh, you know, their passing, but um, I was seeing a lot of dreams from my mom in the hospital. And I was also having dreams a lot from my dad, you know, being alone. And, and it was just because of, for example, different situations I had, like I didn't see my dad because he was in Iran. I was here. And it was very upsetting that I didn't make it when he was um, passing. And then when I got there, it was just one day uh, after. So, so when I basically, I'm just saying, um, I look at my own experiences, I have some stuff going on thinking about why I had this dream. But many times we deal with um, people that they have a repetition of the same dream. And this is really interesting to me that they say they have this dream over and over and over. And now that Dan was talking about, you know, sometimes um, it, it's just what goes on in our own mind and comes to our dream. It just makes it very more interesting to work with these patients. I think a lot of times it's the dreams are considered ways to try to our mind to process those things that are happening in our life. And because they're, they're so, they're so complex, it's not as easy to just make sense of in our waking life that our, our brain is still churning about those thoughts and about those experiences. Also too, I was going to mention like culturally, sometimes there's this idea that our past relatives can come to us in our dreams as almost like a, a messenger, uh, almost as somebody who's trying to guide us in some way or help us in some way. Um, and so even that can be, as well as even part of grief, um, you know, it's very normal to, to dream about somebody when we've lost them. Uh, and, and I guess this is where the gray area comes into where, you know, is this, is this that deeper part of our, our unconscious mind that connects with others and maybe like spirits and the other side, if you will, where, you know, dreams are a way to connect and, and be reunited with those individuals. And I recognize that can be a little controversial, um, but I think there are some people who believe like their, their past, you know, their family members who have passed 
can come to them in their dreams as a way of connecting with them and guiding them in some ways. Is that something you guys have heard before or what is your, your take on that? Yeah, I have heard such things too. A real good reference for me is a book that's called the Tibetan Book of Sleep and Dream Yoga. And they don't mean doing yoga in your sleep. It's not that <laughs> sort of a thing, although it's easy to think that. What it means is yoga in the sense of discipline. So the Tibetan Book of Sleep and Dream Discipline. In that book, he talks about the different kinds of dreams. And I think this is a pretty authoritative guide because it's thousands of years old, these practice in Tibetan Buddhism. But what he says in there is most of the dreams will refer to, or in Jung says this too, most of our dreams refer to ourself. Most of the elements in our dreams are snapshots of our own psyche. He says that some of the dreams can be premonition dreams or connection dreams with other like relatives or friends or anything. So I think that as people's psyche becomes more refined and they progress further, those types of dreams are probably more likely. And there's also then the other thing that some people are probably just, it turns out they have a particular skill in that area. So I, I agree. I think so. I think it happens. Right. I haven't had it happen myself, but I. Well, especially I think in different cultures and, and different religions and different spiritual uh, spiritual guidance, you know, they talk about the healing part of the dreams and interpretation. They talk about tapping into your inner guidance or, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, prophecy or, um, you know, real life recall and, and those types of things. But it's mostly... Um, dreams in regards to spirituality and in regards to the religion or cultural part of the religion. You know, um, what I know that there are so many, basically there's, for some people, there's a diction, dictionary of dreams. You know, if you dream this, that's what it means. If you dream, and I think it's partly cultural. I hear that many times that if you dream snakes in your, in your dream, uh, it's about uh, money, uh, you know, something you're, you're going to gain if you dream uh, this, you know, there's so many dictionary in different cultures about interpretation of dreams also. There's a term for that too, latent content. So what the meaning that maybe the hidden psychological meaning of those objects. So like a snake isn't just a snake. It, it means something in your dreams. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes there are different uh, ways to interpret that and try to understand that. And I've also heard too, it's to kind of individualize too, based on what the person's experience in their life and what's going on. But yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes there can be these themes that seem very very universal. Uh, and so, and, and I know that's something uh, that Young talked a lot about, that these, these universal themes exist across cultures, across time. Uh, and I think it's when you start talking about dreams, it's easy to go from, like you said, you know, sleep patterns like REM uh, from a scientific perspective. But I think you also start to get into this like almost spiritual kind of side of things. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of, I think in dream analysis itself, I always say, we don't know why we dream. Nobody says, oh, this is why you dream. This is the function it serves. Uh, and so it's, it's very interesting from a psychological perspective to try to understand 
and, and reflect on like, what could this mean? Or what does this mean? Uh, as it's, it's something that can be very prevalent in our, in our life and, and very meaningful in our life as well. I, I think for myself, if I didn't dream, I don't know, I think it'd be weird. I can't imagine not having dreams because there's definitely been times in my life where as I was going through a lot, it, it gave me, I, I felt like it, it brought information to my, to my mind, uh, to my, to my, my view that I don't know if I would have gotten otherwise. Uh, and so, yeah, it's something I find is very valuable uh, in our life, but yet still very confusing. It's not as clear like, oh, I dreamt this. And so this means this, or now that I dreamt this, this is what I'm going to do in my life. So I think it's like a, a vague kind of uh, guidance in a way or vague information. And sometimes it's worth looking at a little bit more intently. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, I was dreaming about eating potato chips for some reason. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially there are many parts of the brain, especially limbic system that uh, there's so many things that it has not been discovered yet. We just know a little about brain. But uh, talking about uh, spirituality and religion, I know there's a biblical dream symbols, you know, that, that's, that's big in a uh, biblical world and um, so many things that are cultural uh, and the culture is, uh, religion is a big part of each culture. So there's so many connections there. We got to our first break. We come back and continue our conversation. Uh, I'm just saying some words, both in English and Farsi for our listeners. For our listeners uh, who are speaking English, please connect with us if you listen to us and you would like us to talk about a specific topic or if you have any comments, we appreciate your comments, uh, talk or send messages to Radio Bombdot. They're going to transfer those to us and we make sure if there's anything you like to hear, we will talk about it and also listen to our podcast um, from Google if you search us on their culture and psychology our program is Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 1 o'clock. And to our Farsi listeners, man ba dutan az hamkaranam, Dr. Daniel Rakers va Dr. Alexandrade, ruzhay shambu yeshambe, dar barnome culture and psychology, farhang va rabanshenasi ba shoma hastim, va imruz rajib khab, و تعبیر خواب صحبت میکنیم برمیگردیم و بعد از یک بریک کوتاه باهاتون صحبت میکنیم with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrodi, and we continue our conversation, uh, conversations about dreams and their interpretation of dreams, 
what it means. And so far we've been talking about uh, how different psychologists uh, talk about dreams and especially Freud and Jung were big into interpretation of dreams and, um, and there's so much into their interpretation and working with their patients. And for us as psychologists, we hear from our patients many times that they have either very uncomfortable dreams that come to them every night, like nightmare. And there are also dreams that are very vivid and repetitive. And there's uh, some sort of dreams that uh, seems like it bothers them so much that it just gets to some of the patients and talk about that. So today we're going to talk about this and see what it comes while we are conversing about uh, this important part of our life. Because uh, when uh, we go to bed, we don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to come uh, sweet dreams? That's why we always wish, each, we wish uh, every person who says good night, we always say sweet dreams. That means we wish that person having sweet dreams, but not many times this happened and the dreams are not sweet. So we want to see um, how we, we can interpret what it means. And is there any meaning to it um, just in general? I was going to mention, I've had dreams before where feels like I can kind of control the dream, but I can't quite control the dream. And it's frustrating when you're in a dream where it just feels like these things keep happening. I've had dreams where like, it's like murder and like people were like chasing me and, you know, some scary happening. And then like me waking up and like, Oh my God, that was such a horrible dream. And then like went back to sleep and it was in the same dream. And I was like, come on, you know? And so it's just like, you know, why do we dream these things? You know? And I think too, it brings this question, you know, can you control your dreams or control what's going on in your dreams? I know there's been a time where I had a dream and it's funny. I, I only remember this one time this happening. I had this dream, like something bad was happening. And I just, I didn't want to be in this dream anymore. I remember feeling like, I was like, I don't want to dream this anymore. And it was like a wily coyote going to the edge of the um, cliff and I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to kill myself in my dream. And then I'm going to wake up, you know? And I think of like a lot of horror movies, you know, that's like the premise, like, oh, you know, if you wake yourself up from your dream, then, you know, something bad can't happen. But I vividly remember like, okay, I'm going to like jump off this cliff. And then like, and I woke up and I actually woke up with like this. I remember physically feeling like I like jerked or like jumped or a little bit. So it was interesting because this thing that was obviously happening in my mind, I remember feeling like this very physical piece to it as well. Um, and I know there's things like, you know, sleep analysis, uh, sleep paralysis um, that people will report. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's this connection between the two, but I guess the question for the two of you is like, do you think you can control your dream or things that happen in the dream or, or whether you keep dreaming? Is that something you guys think that is, can be within a person's power or control? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, because when you're, you're asleep, uh, you go to the phase that basically, uh, it was, it's really interesting because I was listening to a clip that was uh, an um, English speaking person with an English accent, with an accent from UK. And that person was talking um, very quietly, very deeply, very wisely. And one of the questions was actually about dreams. And he was uh, responding that in general, when you are 
dreaming, you, when you are asleep, it's sort of like your body is, it goes through the feeling of your debt. That means you don't feel anything because you're totally free. And that unconscious freedom uh, is part of the conscious world. And he was connecting that each of us is sort of energy and that conscious at the time of dream or death is not dead, but your body goes to sleep like your body is sort of like a dead body, but your conscious mind is awake. And that conscious mind is part of the entire conscious. And he was just explaining that. It was so interesting, that perspective, that perspective of how your conscious now is freely moving and is part of the bigger conscious and whatever happens is out of your control but that conscious is actually awakened and that conscious is connecting so it was very very interesting and I can send it to you guys if you're interested to listen because it just brought some sort of perspective to dreams and and life and how many things are unknown, but even just talking about it and opening up a little bit about this, that how freely your conscious is just, you know, exploring and bringing part of that into you as dream was very interesting perspective. Alex, I'm curious, is your question, can I control my dreams or is it, can I control myself in my dream? Let's go with the latter. Yeah. Can you control yourself in your dream? Yeah, because I think in this, it's, a, it's the same as it is in the real world. I can't control the world and all the stuff around me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can to some extent. Like I can move something from room to room in my house and mm-hmm. I have control in that way. Or I set up my house in a certain way. But I can't control everything that goes down the street outside. I can't control the weather. But I can control how I respond to all of those things. So I think that, yeah, in the dream, we can respond. And in fact, that's some of what he talks about in that Tibetan book. Mm -hmm. He says, you can use your dreams to learn how to uh, develop yourself. It's your own personal development. Because the way that you respond in your dreams to things is the way you respond in your life to things. So you can work and change things in your life, and you'll see that change in your dreams, because then you'll respond differently in your dreams, or you can use your dreams to learn how to respond and then do it in your life. So either way, I think they work both ways. So interesting. I forgot to respond that. I know I was nodding, uh, but I didn't say anything. But uh, yeah, to- we, could, we could hear you nodding. <laughs> 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 but I, for some reason, I feel like we are it's out of our hand, out of our control. I see the dreams in that regard. I don't know how um, we can control it because the reason I brought that clip, it seemed sort of like, you know, we are in the, we are roaming freely without even having any control. You know what I mean? I mean, it's my perception, but I, it's just my personal perception, but I love to learn more because 
if we can um, control how we behave in our dreams, that means it's conscious. But are we conscious in our dreams? That's my question. And that's the that's the big thing. That's what he talks about in the book is that that's what you learn to do. He calls that lucid dreaming, that when you're in your dream and you are aware that you are dreaming, then you are in this wonderful position where you can begin to start doing things, making choices and decisions. And I've had that experience where I've been able to do things like melt through the floor, down through several levels and see what they were or put my hand through a wall, like a solid up, like not punching it through, but melting my hand through the wall. Wow. It's very cool. It's a very cool, I can't do it all the time, but in that way you can learn how to do that. You have to become conscious within your dreams. Hmm. That is very interesting. Um, I never thought you were able, but I like to experience it. Um, but how do you, do you think about it before you go to sleep? Do you go to bed or do you? It's, the, it's that. It's preparation before going to bed. It's going to sleep with an intention that this is what you want to do and being persistent about it. He also gives an exercise that you undertake during the day, throughout the day. Think about it in this way. The way that we are throughout the day is the way that we are in our dream. So if you begin to work out certain ways of being during the day, that's going to carry through into your dream. Mm -hmm. So his exercise that he recommends is that during the day, periodically, you just look around and imagine as if this were a dream, like really try to get into the feel of that and imagine that where you are, this is a dream and respond in that way. Mm -hmm. You can see there's a great similarity to the current uh, popular notion of mindfulness, mm -hmm. right? Very, I've... very much connected. And this is, I think, what people experience when they go on retreats, on these meditation retreats, is often they become aware in their nighttime sleep. That is a, that is a great training. Um, yeah, I have a patient who consistently has all these nightmares. So uh, this is a great exercise for someone who has terrible nightmares um, pretty much every night, fights at nights. And so with what I hear, um, whatever goes on in his mind that he has those dreams, probably during the day, he's fighting with those, you know, issues. And at night, he really sees always, you know, having those nightmares. But I want to say something funny when you said, um, did you ask, did you ask uh, how I behave or did you mean how I can train myself to behave? But um, when I was young, which was yesterday. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Very good. I'm not going to do the extreme laughter response. Uh, no, but seriously, I was working with a group of Americans, very funny people, and I was actually do, doing accounting work and they would come to me a lot because of their checks or things they questioned they had. So I remember what I had a dream about, even I remember his face and his name. So I said, hey, Bill, last night I had a dream about you. And he goes, 
oh, oh, did I behave? And it was so funny. I'd never heard that. <laughs> and and that was something that uh, made me always laugh when somebody said, oh, I had a dream about you. So immediately Bill came to my mind and what he said. So I thought it was funny. And I always make the joke too. Sometimes there's this, uh, and it can happen with men and women, but this joke that, uh, you know, a woman will dream that you did something wrong and then wake up and be mad at you all day. And uh, I have, I've had that where somebody's like mad, you did this in your dream. I was like, it wasn't me. Like it was your dream. You're the one who's <laughs> dreaming it, not me. And so, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you, you do have to behave in somebody else's dream, even if it isn't you. So, yeah. Well, we even, we often have this thing where we say like what Side A said, well, somebody will make an appearance in our dream. And we'll tell them, well, I had a dream about you. But the reality is most of the time, it's a dream that's about me. Oh. That person represents some aspect of me in my dream. Interesting. Yeah. If you want to flirt with somebody, you can say, I had a dream about you. <laughs> and that lets them know indirectly that they were on your mind. Mm. Otherwise, you can say, um, what was it there? You, you. Oh, you came to my you were in my dream or, or you came to my dream out of nowhere yeah, yeah. and now i'm irritated with you. <laughs> yeah this is the, I... the english part that makes people laugh too you know so so many times i remember people would laugh at me what i said and i go why did i say that it was so funny and then they explained what it meant the way i said it and then what went in their mind? And then I go, oh my gosh, no, I didn't mean that. I was going to say, I find it interesting too, because I, I also kind of subscribe to that same idea that maybe those things as well as other people in our dream are just parts of us that we're needing to look at and examine and reflect on. And I find a lot of people are very intrigued by that idea. They, they don't think of, we think we tend to think of others as others and separate from us. But in our dream state, you know, that those can be pieces of us that we're maybe needing to see or reflect on for whatever reason. Uh, is there anything more you can say about that, Dan, um, in regards to like the, maybe some of the meaning behind that? The, oh, the meaning of the person that shows up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it's an interesting concept. And if you, if you work with Jungian psychologists who does the dream stuff, what they'll look for or what are your associations with that person? In other words, and so well, that's what I'll ask my clients is when another person shows up, well, what, what is that person like who was in the dream? What is their personality like? How do you know? And try to get them talking about the person so I can get a sense of how that person is represented to them, their mind, and then lay out for them, okay, this is what is, could be some possibility and make sure they understand it's kind of a thing they need to ponder and think about. Or even better is if that person shows up in your dream is spend time around that person so that you can begin to get a sense of well, what would it mean or just there's something there for you. And it is representative of something inside one's psyche. So <clears throat> here's my question. If someone has nightmare that is fighting constantly with different people, not just with one person. Does that mean that there's something within this person that is fighting with different people in her, in his mind, maybe not in reality, but is it something that this person has that constantly cause him to 
think about, you know, he's mad at people, he's fighting, because what he tells me is every pretty much night that he has this dream that he's fighting with people, who is punching people, who is, um, you know, sometimes he wakes up screaming because he has such a bad nightmare about fighting with different people. And it's not just one person appearing in his nightmare. Well, my thinking on this, I'll give my opinion, then Alex, you can you give yours. My thinking is, first pass is, it's a contentious internal relationship inside him. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of content inside. The next pass I would want to know is, are these faceless people or do they have faces? Mm. And if they're faceless people, that's one thing. If they're faces, then I would ask, are they people that you know? in in the dream or not if there are people that he knows or she knows then i would in the dream then i would say are they people you know in real life Mm -hmm. then begin to get there because each of those levels each of those questions takes us to a more specific level Mm -hmm. and what that tells you is if they're at the identifiable somebody i know then they're pretty close to knowing what element inside themselves is creating problem. But if it's back at the faceless level, or they're fighting with an animal, then it's a lot less developed in terms of their knowledge. And that's how I interpret that. A lot of times we'll have, or I've had the dreams too, where it's a, it's like a wild animal, like a bull or something, or a large cat or something like that, or a dog or whatever. And those represent a little less, I'm not as developed in my connection with what that part of my energy or psyche represents. And so I need to pay more attention to my daily life and what's going on. Where do I feel struggles in my life? That's probably where I would go with that person is, well, let's map out some of these struggles that are throughout the day. And can you begin to correlate those with some of your dreams at night? Mm -hmm. So would those animals also represent uh, like the wildness of people you're dealing with? For example, if you Uh, In your dream, you have a dream of a tiger or a lion that they're coming to get you. Does that mean that there's a relation with those animals and people? Or is it, again, no relation with people, but then you have to get back to you and your behavior or your part of reactions to other people? I mean, there's so much into that as well. Well, my read on that would be that if, it, let's say it's a tiger, that, and he's fearful of this tiger attacking him, he, he is fearful of some of his own interior responses. He's probably having these, these powerful urges throughout the day to respond to other people in a combative way. Mm. But uh, uh, that's enough of my. What do you think, Alex? What's your no? Thought? I think no. I think you're spot on. I, I just uh, it, I'd be echoing everything you said. I think the the only piece I would emphasize is it it does mean looking at your day to day life maybe a little bit more intently. I find sometimes there's for a, a range of reasons some difficulty in really looking at our our life our perspective, you know, our view of ourself. And so, you know, those are, those are very, some, those are some very strong images in our dreams saying that there's, there's something, especially if they're, they're repetitive dreams, there's something there that is maybe hard to look at. And so that's the first step is even like starting with the dreams to shape our life or vice versa, as you mentioned, 
looking at our life to, to kind of shape our dreams a little bit. So, and again, I think it's, it's, it's so, so fascinating. I mean, hearing you talk, Daniel, like just how, again, there's so many ways you can explore this and, and talk with a person about this and, and get them to try to reflect on and, and, and even examine deeper what some of those images and those connections are. Very interesting. Before we go to our next break, um, I just want to also mention this. So basically go back to our beginning conversation when we said there's a spiritual part of interpretation, there's some cultural interpretation. So by what, what I hear from both of you is more within us rather than the connection with the universe or connection with our um, wisdom or consciousness um, that it comes from a bigger conscious. Uh, so it's not really uh, anything to do with, well, maybe it is, maybe the way we have been raised and our upbringing based on religion, based on the spiritual uh, you know, practices. Um, I mean, I just want to be clear on that. Well, my take is that it isn't separate separated from spirituality. Yes, it is about ourselves, but we are located within this larger realm of spirituality. And my own development or one's own development is becoming more spiritual. However you say it, I mean, people may not have a, a word for God. They may call it um, a divine energy or, or the divine, way yeah. or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be personalized into some sort of a, an entity. It can the way things flow. Yeah. Whatever it is, though, our own development takes us further down that path. And we are, we locate ourselves, we are found within this overall net, so to speak, of overall energy. Mm -hmm. Very interesting conversation. Uh, we are going to come back and converse regarding the dreams and the interpretations of the dreams. And some of the psychologists were well known and the way they, interpret the dreams um, based on what we've been talking about, a lot to do with our cultural background, with the way we behave during the day and at night, it comes to um, our dreams um, and maybe our interpretation, the best is to realize what's going on within us. And if we see people with faces that we know, then there's another relationship and another way of conversing with ourselves and interpreting. And if they're faceless, another way of conversing and um, with ourselves basically for awareness. So many things, so, so many great conversation. Uh, I want to say some words in Farsi as well. Uh, شنبه در خدمتون هستیم برنامه ما تحت عنوان کالچر اند سایکولوژی از ساعت 12 تا یکی بعد از ظهر پخش میشه اگه کسانی هستن که میشناسین و فکر میکنین از برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی استفاده میکنن دعوتشون کنیم به برنامه ما توجه کنن ما در دو قسمت اول برنامه راجع به خواب و تعبیر خواب صحبت کردیم برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi on their culture and psychology and our today's conversation, it's dreams, interpretation, and what they mean in our life. And Dr. Rockers uh, and both Dr. Andrade brought some great um, concepts regarding interpretation of our dreams. Uh, we talked about Freud and Jung um, interpretation. So I like uh, to ask Dr. Rockers because you seem like I really enjoyed listening to you and the way um, you shared your perception of uh, dreams. How do you see the difference between interpretation of Jung and Freud in our dream? Because they have totally two, because they separated their ways from each other due to their conception of life and our, and our uh, behavior. So how do you see these total different ways of looking at things? Well, my take on it is that, and I'm not pretending that I'm the final word on all this stuff, but my take, my take on it is that Freud focused a little more on a topological explanation or structural explanation of the psyche, where he, he perceives our psyche as being in terms of a, a structure, whereas Jung focused more on a lot of the process and went more towards the mystical side, where he looks at all of the mythological implications. And what Jung said was that personal life is mythology condensed down, or that mythology is personal experience amplified. That's why he said, well, if we look at a lot of these old myths or mythologies or historical things, we can learn from them. And a lot of them apply universally. In one of his books, he had a very interesting he was talking about a woman with schizophrenia, and he said that he had visited her in the institution, and she had described looking up at the sun and seeing this tube that came out of the sun and attached to her. And he talked about the mythological implications and where it came from and it was all that sort of a thing. And I had read this a long time ago when I was in graduate school. When I, this was probably 15 years ago, I had a client who had schizophrenia. And she described one of her visions during a psychotic episode. And she described her vision as she was outside and she saw the sun had a tube that came down, extended down and went into her. And I was like, whoa, okay. So this is what he's talking about. And that's such an unusual type of a thing that to trace that back to some early mythology. And he described what it meant. Mm -hmm. So that's how mythology can apply to individuals. Just jumping back a little bit too, because um, what you said, Alex, the personal, a snake can mean lots of things. And we could think about this in one way where what would somebody who has snakes for pets and really likes snakes, what might a snake represent in their dream versus somebody who had been bitten by a rattlesnake and lost their foot. A snake in their dream probably would mean something a whole lot different than the person snakes mm -hmm. for pets. So that's the kind of the difference why either those two people could look up online this dream dictionary and say, what do snakes mean? And maybe they would mean, maybe not. I think that's the tricky part for people is when we're interpreting dreams, well, how much should we take from mythology and how much should we take from personal, what our own personal experience is? 
By the way, I was the one who said about uh, snakes, not Alex. Sorry. I, uh, oh, that's I, okay. I, I, we I probably that. all mentioned it at some point because we're all terrified <laughs> of snakes based on previous uh, episodes we've had. Yeah. We've all had. Thank you for correcting me, Side No, that's okay. No, that's okay. Because I thought our listeners probably are paying attention who said what I just, Rock, what's wrong with rockers man hey, he's not listening no, that's okay but uh, you know if it, it happens uh, and that's fine no i was just gonna be funny uh, because today i decided i want to laugh so um no really interesting uh question dan that you know interpretation of things uh, or or uh, feelings towards different things. For example, people who bring wild animal and they train them and that's their passion, that's what they do. Probably their dreams um, are gonna be different about them because it's gonna be about love, about connection. So um, so different from people who are afraid of them, you know, very good, uh, you know, thinking because then again, back to not only cultural or personal relationship with people, animals, or different types of people or different types of animals um, affects our dreams as well. I was going to say too, in regards to dream interpretation, just for our listeners, one of the kind of recommended ways to, to start this process is even just writing your dreams down. I find a lot of times we end up losing so much of our dream as we continue to wake up throughout the day. Um, I know that's something that I've done in the past. I would keep like a, a notebook and a pen next to my bed. So that way, even you wake up and you, you write it down, you may not be able to read it the next day, but you kind of jot those things down best you can. And it's funny in thinking about this, actually with going through my phone and looking at my old notes, I have a dream that I wrote down from June of 2010. And so uh, it's it's interesting because uh, I, I, I just read it a little while ago and it's so fascinating how even writing it down and reflecting on it, even at this point now, I can remember with a lot more clarity what I was going through emotionally in my personal life at that time, where at that time I was struggling to, I was struggling with, you know, understanding kind of what I was wanting for myself. And so it's so interesting, I think, in, in regards to be able to write these dreams down, um, to be able to look at them, you know, upon waking reflecting on what that could maybe mean for you. And then maybe even years later being like, oh, you know what? I was maybe having more of a harder time with that idea or those things going on in my life than I realized. So I think it can be so valuable in our, in our personal growth, both right now in our everyday life, but then also as we continue and move forward in our life as well. I can remember a dream one time I had many years ago that I was outside and all around me was this ring of fire and there was no way I was going to get out unless I ran through the fire. And what, how that correlated with my life is the woman I was dating at that time, I knew that I needed to break up with her, but I just didn't know how to do it. I kind of kept putting it off. And that's what my dream was telling me. It's like, you got to go through that fire here. Mm. Wow. It's very interesting. And I think it's a great lesson for our listeners. So when they dream, uh, whatever personality or character they see in their lives, uh, 
think bring that to the real life issue and see what's going on. I remember in uh, one of my classes, the group um, we had a um, group therapy uh, course um, within one of courses that I was taking, and our instructor was super fabulous. Uh, she actually was into dreams a lot. And while she was walking us through the group therapy and teaching us about the group therapy, I remember every, pretty much every time we met with her, she was asking, okay, who wants to talk about their dreams? And then some, always someone was just talking about their dreams and he would just make us to role play with the personality of the dream that this person had. And one was, for example, a snake, one was a tree, one was so-and-so and created that scene and had this person who had this dream sit outside and she was asking questions from her and she was instructing us to move around, do this, do that. And every single time the person who had a dream would just say, oh my gosh, now I know what's going on. Uh, because of the questions she was asking, you know, and creating that actual scene. And she was just seeing exactly what was happening. So it's so interesting when um, people are pretty much, I would say expert, because she seemed like that was the fun part of her teaching to ask what dreams people had so that she could work with them to give them the awareness. Oh, this is snake that you're afraid of is this relationship that you have and why this snake is moving into this and that and then gets into the business of the other person in your life is because you have to connect this and see what you get. And every single time the person would say, oh my gosh, now I know what's happening. Now I know what's going on. So that's very interesting. All right, friends, uh, another uh, time that we got together, we uh, spend almost um, 50 some minutes and uh, time goes by very fast. We always have so much to talk about our talk topic dreams that came with uh, Dr. Alexandrade. And he actually suggested to talk about that was so lovely because I always learn from you guys. And uh, this was a great session, a lot of learning. And um, sorry, Dr. Rockers, that I mentioned uh, your mistake. I apologize for that. <laughs> nice. I don't think you're really that sorry. I think <laughs> you're, you're happy to get a good laugh from it. That's yes, yes. Okay, you guys. So you, so you, wanna... you can distinguish between the laughter. There we go. Which yeah, the malicious clear, laugh. Which one was apologetic. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to our yesterday's conversation, now if our listeners were listening can pick why they're laughing and why we're talking about a fake laugh or not, mm -hmm. sorry. All right, so our final talks about dreams and interpretation. Okay, I will jump in. I think that it's good to reflect on your dreams and see if you can correlate them with the events of the day. I think that's a key. I also want to give a shout out, though, to my friend I mentioned in the last program, Lynn, who contacted me and said she was listening. Really appreciate that. Yes, thank you, Lynn, for listening. Yeah, it's always, I always get excited when people tell me that they're listening to the show, too. And so, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, in regards to dreams, I'd encourage people just to, to write them down. Uh, there's something about 
saying things out loud. There's something about writing things down that gives us a little different perspective than just it being in our mind. And when it comes to something like dreams, they're so elusive. Sometimes it can be so important to write those things down. So that way, when we are a little bit more aware, we can, can examine and reflect on that. And I would even say after writing it down, read it out loud and don't focus on grammar or if you know any of those things, but just hear what it's like to have that dream. And you know what it felt like, but, but really listen to what that maybe sounds like. And I think that gives us a, an opportunity to examine and reflect that a little bit more. And sometimes even talking with uh, you know, a, co- a close friend, family member, your therapist about, um, yeah, what maybe that can mean. So that's what I would encourage people. I found it so valuable in my personal growth to write dreams down over the years. Like I said, one that's almost what 11, 12 years old uh, that I still have, um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's something that still gives me growth uh, even now. And when you write your dreams down, don't forget to write how you feel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great, great point, Daniel. Uh, Alex, again, you took me to the years I was uh, in my grad studying. And I remember we had a psychoanalyst instructor who always said, no one should go to bed without having a paper and pencil by their bed so that they can write there. And she always mentioned that, Mm -hmm. that every single time you have to write your dreams and you have to look at it the next morning and reflect on that. And then um, what you said then, and, and she was asking, just make sure how did you feel during that dream, specific dream, because you're feeling tells you a lot as well. So I want to reiterate that. And only not only for dreams, I think even for anxiety, for phobias, for anything, when we take journals and we write what was going on, it's easier to go back and sort of analyze or share with your therapist or share with someone that can guide you through. So I want to say thank you to my friends and colleagues, Dr. Andrade and Dr. Daniel Rockers for another great conversation. And we want to wish everyone a great week. We're going to come back next week and start another topic. Um, So uh, we hope that you have such great time and sweet dreams. پس از این زاری مکان عبسه یاری مکان تو این آکان دل دیوانه با غم به مزار کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو 
پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه به خوابارم دل دیوانه رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا